This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello and thanks for downloading today's podcast. I'm Jamie Long. It's Thursday the 25th of August. And first today, a man from Chatham has died in hospital after being attacked outside a pub in Maidstone Town Centre. Lucy's here with the details. What do we know? Well, Andrew Loosley was taken to King's College Hospital in London after being knocked to the ground with a single punch near the Hare and Hounds last Saturday evening. The pub landlord immediately started giving first aid, putting him in the recovery position. The 51-year-old dad of six then spent five days in a critical condition, but his family say he passed away on Wednesday. And I understand tributes have been paid to him. Yes, understandably, his loved ones are devastated by the news. One of his close friends said he was such a kind-hearted person with a lively personality. He added that since the incident, life has been quiet and just doesn't feel right. So what action has been taken by the police then, Lucy? A 25-year-old man was detained after the attack, but he was later released on bail. Detectives then arrested 18-year-old John Gibbs from Nickley Wood in Ashford on suspicion of assault. He's since been charged with inflicting grievous bodily harm. Officers are also still appealing for witnesses and are keen to speak to anyone with more information. Lucy, thank you. A Medway man who's been diagnosed with terminal cancer has told the Kent Online podcast he initially thought the tumour was an insect bite. Andy Bird booked a doctor's appointment last August, but it was delayed after he caught COVID. He says it was a really scary time. Last year, I found a lump on my leg and sort of middle of August time, thought it was a bite from where I've been working in my garden. Um sort of just maybe an insect bite or something, um, took some antihistamine and some ibuprofen and that and thought it would go away. But two weeks later, it was still there. So I went to or booked an appointment to see the doctor. Um, and unfortunately, when I saw him, he, he said to me, it's not DVT, it's not uh, a, soft mus- a soft tissue tear or a muscle tear. And he said, it's definitely not an insect bite. He said, I think you've got cancer. So that was when the the world sort of fell apart for me. Sarcomas are a a soft tissue and bone cancers, but um, the particular type I have, the subtype I have, is called epithelioid sarcoma, which is a soft tissue cancer. Um, And the way it manifested itself in me, it basically um, sort of overtook or took over my muscle uh, on the right side of my right calf. Um, so literally it just grew and grew and grew. So by the time I'd actually went into hospital in the November to have it removed, it was the size of a blood orange on the side of my leg. They said that they were going to try and save some of some of the muscle in my leg and, um, and some of the nerves, but there was the danger that um, I would become disabled and lose some of the use of, of my foot and the movement of my right foot. And unfortunately, they had to take... Uh, a spare part of the muscle out and they took a nerve with it which has now left me with a subsequently dropped foot and limited movement in my right foot so obviously making me disabled it just grew so quickly and just took so much you know took over the muscle so much and and the, the muscle won't grow back so what they've taken and the margin they took to actually hopefully remove the whole primary tumor um 
just sort of took half my leg, really. I ended up with a nine-inch scar on the side of my leg. Subsequently, they found um, a, a secondary sort of swelling, sort of inflammation area on my lymph glands between my lungs. So in um, on the 4th of January, they took me in for a, a bronchoscopy to actually see what was what with that. And um, unfortunately, it turned out to be a secondary there's no point in me sitting around just sort of sulking in the corner and thinking, you know, why me? Um, I've got a limited life left, um, so I'm just getting on with life and, and doing what I want to do. Literally, I'm just trying to do as much as I can now in the time I've got left. So anything I, I can do um, is a bonus, really. So, you know, there, there's no definite, you know, your cutoff is June next year. You'll last until June. They, they can't give me a date. So I think, you know, all the time I can stand up with the fashion obviously with a stick now because I've got my I had my operation on my leg and that but all the time I can actually get up and go out and do things each day then I'm going to get up and go out and do things I'm just doing what I can and what all this is about really is is about the event that we're having this weekend on the bank holiday um to try and raise awareness for sarcoma um and also try and make it sort of really more known because until I actually was started diagnosed with it I didn't even know of it one of the early tests that I was given was a, a test called genome sequencing where they take cells from your body they take a biopsy of the of the primary tumor they took a biopsy of the primary tumor and they look at how the, the cancer cells work within your body um, and how that they're actually affecting your body um, that also tells them whether fortunately for me whether this is hereditary or not and then I would have passed it on to my children, George and Chloe. But literally, I'm lucky in the fact that it isn't hereditary. It's, you know, it's just me. It's affecting and that. So that those tests cost a lot of money. And that particular test, the genome sequencing test, costs £2,000 for just the one sample, the one test as such. Um, so our aim was to just sort of give something back. You know, well, my aim was to give something back as such because... I literally didn't want to not, you know, people in future not to know about it and not to sort of be able to have those tests. So if I could raise £2,000, then that would be a goal that they, you know, that they started. And so far, even before the event, we've we've managed to sort of hit 2500 and we think that we're probably going to hit 3000 plus. But, you know, only the day will tell on, on this Sunday. Elsewhere, hundreds of children have been collecting their GCSE results across Kent. Karen Bennett is head teacher of the Will Adams Academy in Medway. She's told KMFM she's really proud of her students. Given that this is the first year of our lockdown students, um, we're really, really pleased. Um, particularly in English, they've done very well. And in the arts and textiles, really couldn't fault what they've got you know, thoroughly pleased for them. But they've had a really rough time. Um, some of our students don't come to us till very late in year 11 because we're a, a key stage four alternative provision. So we only have years 10 and 11 with us. Um, and this, we have to remember, this is the year group that had their lockdown. They've not experienced written exams um, for a long time. So the challenges that they've faced um, have, have been throughout lockdown. It's been whether or not they've been motivated, the work that's gone on at home, have they actually had the right technology, which, you know, for a lot of our students, they haven't. So we've had to supply 
laptops um, and dongles, etc. Um, and whether or not they've actually got the right environment in which to work during lockdown. So, so then they've come back to school and, th and they've got to get back into that routine of work, which has been really tricky for some of them. Um, you know, that they've not been used to having a, a nine till four or nine till three. Um, they've not been used to being directed what to do. They've, they've been very much left on their own. Um, we were very lucky over lockdown that a large number of our students did come in. Um, and, and therefore, you know, that's why they've done so well. Well, Rochelle Darcy from East Kent College Group is urging students not to worry if they don't quite know what career they want yet or if they didn't get the results they were quite after. Across the group, we have a lot of students coming in. Um, they come in perhaps because they haven't quite got what they wanted or perhaps they've achieved better than they want. They're looking kind of for that next step as well. So a lot of students do come to us and we kind of give them that wraparound support to help them find out what they could do next as well. So you can retake your GCSE maths and English um, at all of our colleges or you can do your functional skills level one and level two as well. We have got careers advisors on site at all times. We do offer as well some wellbeing, kind of that wellbeing support that goes alongside that if you're feeling a bit anxious or worried or just take a deep breath. Um, a door will always be open for you just because you haven't achieved perhaps what you would like to do. It doesn't mean that all the doors are closed. There's always going to be an option for you. And it's just talk, it's about making those relationships and kind of starting those conversations to be able to then get you back on track. So if you do come to college, there is a range of different qualifications that we offer. We do A-levels, T-levels, we do the diplomas. Um, as I said, we can do the GCSE Maths and English and we have apprenticeships as well. So college is an option for anyone and it can lead into going straight into work or going to university as well. And just uh, give us a, a bit of an oversight of how challenging it's been for students the past couple of years, you know, leading to this point. And obviously a lot of them doing exams again for the first time before COVID. So what's it been like for them? Yeah, it's been really, really tricky, I think, but students have handled it amazingly. Um, they were the first kind of round of students that faced not being able to go into school, not being able to have that one-on-one -on -one support within the classroom. And actually, the results they're getting out of that is amazing. They're still achieving really highly. And as I said before, the doors are still open for them as well. College is sometimes a better option for some people. They prefer that learning atmosphere. It's a bit more laid back um, and... You know, you don't have to wear uniform, you don't have to call your teachers Miss and Mr or all of those things in the middle. Um, it's a lot much more relaxed atmosphere, but as you said, it's not linear. You can choose to do a catering course at 16, leave when you're 18 and actually decide you want to be a bricklayer. It doesn't matter. It's just about getting those next sets in place and really upskilling you to kind of further yourself in life. Elsewhere, a retirement village near Maidstone has been given the go-ahead despite it being called a monstrosity by people living nearby. The 155-home Lydian Gardens in Leeds has been approved for the final stages. Built around a clubhouse, residents would also have access to a swimming pool, spa, gym, restaurants and shop. Heavy rain and thunderstorms have hit parts of Kent today. Some roads were flooded due to the amount of water, including long delays this morning on the A2 at the Ebbsfleet turn-off. Meanwhile, a train driver has saved the day for commuters after pulling a fallen tree from underneath a train. Both lines between Tunbridge and Sevenoaks were blocked after it happened about 8.30 this morning. 
Now, people have been told not to swim in the sea at Folkestone following a suspected shark sighting. Red flags were put up on the beach yesterday after a fin was spotted in the water at the Warren. Folkestone Sea Rescue issued a 24-hour warning as a precaution. Experts reckon it was a basking shark, which are quite common and not considered to be dangerous. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Now, a shop owner says she has no choice but to leave Ashford Town Centre as it's becoming unsustainable. Jane Watts, who runs Jane's Boutique in the Park Mall, says just 5% of their business now comes from face-to-face customers. She's told the Kent Online podcast people's attitudes have changed. To be fair, we was doing really, really well up until COVID hit to the point we was going to open another shop. COVID hit, people got used to shopping online and it's just gone downhill since we opened up. It's just gone downhill in the park mall. The car park's been closed. The main, the other car park then shut down because the lift broke. There's nobody coming about. You get the odd follower coming through the park mall, but there's basically, there's a few people wandering about more in the town, but you just don't get people down in the park mall centre anymore. So for us, it makes sense to go online only. 95% of our business is online and we're paying all this money, rent and rates for this shop. And just not getting any help with service charge, rent or anything really. Families with children say they've been left waiting for up to eight hours to get on a ferry from Calais to Dover. DFDS and P&O services were delayed with reports of long queues at British Border Control. It's affected hundreds of people trying to return to Kent after a summer holiday in Europe. We're being urged to avoid going near a stretch of the River Medway following the discovery of blue-green algae. The Environment Agency says it's been found at several locations from Tunbridge to Yalding. It can be toxic, causing things like stomach pains and skin rashes. We're told the risk to people is relatively small, but dogs can become seriously ill. Now, it's feared two cinemas in Ashford could close down. Cineworld, which owns a site on the Eureka Leisure Park and Picturehouse Cinema in the town, says they may have to file for bankruptcy in the US as they face debts of £5 billion. The company insists its operations will remain unaffected, but Chantel's been chatting to these cinema goers who say it'll be missed if it disappears. We'd be really upset, wouldn't we? Because we love uh, the experience, I think, more than anything. Because they get excited, they're excited to come here. It's not the same downloading it on Prime or something. Yeah. What film are you coming to see today? Super Pet. Super Pet. Yeah. Exciting. So, we're very well. It was between that and Maverick, but we've seen Maverick, so we're doing Super Pets today. Yeah. And funny enough, we'll be back again. Probably do Cineworld in the next couple of days. So yeah, because obviously it's summer holidays. So yeah, exactly. But no, we, yeah. we would. They love the cinema, and for us to travel further would be a real pain. We're in Lenham, so we're like ten minutes away. So yeah. So you've had to travel to come here today, and then yes. you'd have to travel even further. Absolutely. Gosh, yeah. Nightmare. How would you feel if Pitch House and Cineworld were to close in Ashford? Um, there'll not be much to do anymore especially for the kids because there's not much to do here as it is who was happy obviously when it opened and Sydney World and it just seems a bit strange for them to close when there's nowhere else to go yeah yeah what do you think you'd do as an alternative to come to the cinema we would have to travel um but it seems like we have to travel everywhere to do anything if you live in Ashford now especially because all the shops are closing um, there's really not much to do here anymore. I consider actually moving to be honest, which we are, because there really isn't anything here anymore. I think because there's not a lot of outdoor facilities for kids around here anyway, especially not being able to drive, you can't um, you can't get to um, where the picture um, City World is. 
there's no way of getting there if you haven't got a car. You need public transport. So obviously this is a main point, especially kids who go out as teenagers on their own as groups. It's safe to come to. So if this went, basically taking everything away. So yeah. yeah. So and she absolutely loves coming to the cinema. Um, obviously we've got Disney Plus now where they do film releases, but it's not the same sitting indoors. No. Exactly. Yeah. So no. I think um, me personally, I've grown, grown up with Picture House because I went to Stratford one when I was what going back twenty years. We used to use it as teenagers. So. If they got rid of City World, I wouldn't care, but picture house, keep it. The town would have no cinemas. How There's would you not much that? anyway for, you know, whether it be the older person and the younger, the younger generation. But I think the cinema, you know, it would be a missed thing, obviously, because, you know, the kids love all the Marvel and everything else. So, yeah, I think it would be a, a sad loss to yeah, lose. I think so, and special occasions as well, because, as I say, I don't come here very often. But when I do, it's nice to come out and think, oh, you know, I mean, I'm going to watch Top Gun. Works started on a new Lidl store in Maidstone. It'll be next to Wicks in St Peter's Street after moving from its previous branch in the Broadway shopping centre. The companies were given permission to share the building last June. Elsewhere, there are plans for a hotel and leisure centre at Dover's Western Heights. It could be part of a £100 million development project at the historic Citadel site. Shops and cafes are also planned with the hope of completing it all within eight years. And finally, two Kent businesses have won prizes at the annual Curry Awards. A ceremony has been held in Birmingham following a public vote. Masala Bay in Herne Bay was named as the best curry house for takeaway and delivery in the southeast, while the Indian Dish in West Morling won Caterer of the Year. Well, that's all for today's podcast. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for all the latest news across Kent. Plus, you can also subscribe to the ad-free premium version of Kent Online. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.